everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I'm so embarrassed to still be buying flour this close to Pesach that I've been going to King Cullen. I'm not kidding. I can't even walk into Gourmet Glot right now and buy flour. I promise you there's a reason I'm still buying flour. When you're all coming to me for challahs, you'll understand. But trust me, there's a reason. But either way, I can't do it at Gourmet Glot. I just can't do it. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. I apologize that we are running a little bit behind schedule today, so I'll have to keep my intro short. But I do. I do. I must. I feel I must. Give a shout-out to the New York Rangers who shut out the Flyers last night. Nine-nothing. That is correct. Yes, that is correct. Nine goals. There was a lot of screaming in Casa de la Wallach last night. Good screaming because we're not Flyers fans. We're Ranger fans. So uh, it was a pretty amazing game to watch. Unfortunately, there were about four people in the Garden to watch it live, and we can talk about my experience at the Garden today during the live lunch. But I can tell you that being in the Garden as one of, I don't know, a thousand spectators is a crazy experience. Tune in at 11 o'clock to hear all about it. This is my weekly reminder, folks. Wash your hands with soap and water. Practice social distancing. It's not that hard to keep each other safe. Let's all do our part. Please, please, please help us all do our parts. Let's do the national holidays. Folks, today's national holidays. It is absolutely incredible kid day. So shout out to all my kids, those I gave birth to and those who married in or he who married in, I should say. You are all incredible kids. It's also Awkward Moments Day. Yep, that's every single day of my life. I celebrate that whether I like it or not. It's Forgive Mom and Dad Day. Well, somebody planted that, that's for sure. Um, It's Kiss Your Fiancé Day. That's nice. It's National Biodiesel Day. Um, Sorry, my, my SUV is in front. We're not celebrating that today. I did have a hybrid for years. I gave it up for the truck. Anyway, uh, it's also National Sloppy Joe Day. I got to tell you something. (laughs) Anybody else a kid of the 80s who just loved Sloppy Joes? It was the best lunch. We had hot lunch in school when I was growing up. It was the best lunch. Like, you had to run to be online because not only was it Sloppy Joes, but there were tater tots. Tater tots as I mean, (laughs) do you hear the unhealthy lunch we were given in school? But it was the best. Oh, those were the days when life was simple. And getting a sloppy joe with a side of tater tots just made your day. Wow. That's pretty funny. Um, all right. We, we have so much to do. We have so much to talk about. I, I really, I, I, I can't delay, nor do I want to delay, introducing my guest to everyone. Um, and for a good reason. This is an important topic. It's a relevant topic. It is a, to say it's pertinent or minute to minute is, is an understatement. So let's get to talking to vaccines, to talking about vaccines right now. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I am joined this morning by Dr. Hindi Marmelstein. She's an adult psychiatrist and adult psychiatrist with added specialties in geriatric psychiatry and consultation liaison psychiatry, psychosomatic medicine. She completed her undergraduate degree at Toro College and was the first female graduate to go to medical school. She obtained her MD degree at SUNY Upstate College of Medicine, followed by an internal medicine internship at Beth Israel Medical Center, a psychiatric residency at NYU Bellevue, and a fellowship in the Department of Neurology at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. She has served in a variety of clinical, administrative, and academic positions, and has been involved in a number of community and professional organizations, including JAMA, and is currently the chair of the Standards and Ethics Committee for the Academy of Consultation Li- Liaison, I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly, Li- 
liaison psychiatry as well as the community practice SIG. She currently splits her professional time between her positions at NYU Northwell and her private practice, and somehow or another she managed to find time to speak to us this morning. Dr. Mermelstein, thank you for joining me. Good morning. This is, um, it is a pleasure to have you on. I thank everyone at JAMA who has really partnered with us in vaccine education and letting our listeners know just how important it is to get the vaccine, just how important it is for all of us to be vaccinated. So I just want to thank everyone, including Dr. Ostrov, who I'm in touch with literally on a daily basis. She's a wonderful partner. She is a wonderful partner, and everyone at JAMA has been so helpful, and our listeners are certainly benefiting from it. So I just thank you on behalf of everyone there. Doc, it's my pleasure. I I appreciate that. And I I can only imagine after reading your bio on the air, really just how many things I am taking you from. But there is you are so the right person to speak to to my listeners, to to the listeners of That's Life and to me about this because of your background in psychiatry. And I and I and I and I mean that sincerely because I have no medical background whatsoever. I, I joke that I have a mom's medical background because as the mother of six, certainly I've seen my share of X, Y, and Z. But we're not talking about strep throat, Doc, and we're not talking about ear infections. We're talking about vaccines. And I need to I need to understand because I have family members, Doc. I have family members who won't get the vaccine. These are educated informed individuals. These are people I respect. And I can't figure it out. What, from from your point of view, you're a psychiatrist, from your point of view, what is holding people back from getting that vaccine? Well, I think what's really, the, the big, the, there are several problems with COVID in general, and one of them is really the uncertainty. You know, we, we, sort, of, we sort of manage what we think we know but what we don't, what we don't know, we don't understand, becomes frightening, and sometimes people just react by not, by not responding in the way that you think would be logical. But we know what we, what we normally, you know, sort of think. So, for example, um, you know, we know that, you know, we, we've most, mo- many of us vaccinate our children. Most of us vaccinate our children because we know what childhood illnesses were like, and we, and there's also a long history of vaccinations with childhood illnesses. So we have information. We can, we can rely on the, on, on the security or a sense of security that we know what they are. We, you know, we've had vaccinations. Our children have, grandchildren have had vaccinations, and so we, we have an idea. COVID, COVID hit us sort of almost like out of the blue. And so there's been so much information and misinformation and confusion that the vaccines were part of this. But, you know, and it is up to every individual to decide what they should do, talking to their doctor. However, vaccinations are make the difference. It's vaccinations that will hopefully allow us to return to the freedom and return to our lives as they were. Um, and so what I think really you're looking at, you're looking at every time you turn around, every time we turn around with information and new information, changing information. And um, the, these vaccines, which are miraculous, they are miraculous in the idea that they have been, um, that they, they were produced so quickly. Mm. But that same quick right. makes people frightened. Right. Right. Because it's not because you know how do you know? I have patients in my office who say to me, "How long has the medication been out before I'm will you know mm. I willing to grab a medication that's that's new?" Right. You know they want history. Right. And the vaccines 
don't have ha- have safety data, but they don't have history. But don't we? But don't aren't we able then to look at someone and say, you want to know what? I, I I get the whole child illness part. Like you you know what it, you know people who have suffered from polio. You know the effects of polio. Right. You, you therefore understand why vaccinating for polio is important. You don't have to go back seventy years, sixty years, fifty years. To, to know what COVID was like. You have to go back six well, months. So why is it? Six, right. So why? Exactly. Not even, not even six months. Exactly. Be, because, because most, because what we, what, what we have, what I think we've lost sight of is that many illnesses, we're vac- we treat illnesses, we vaccinate to prevent illnesses or limit illnesses, not only for how often they occur, but how dangerous they are. Mm. So the number of people that have had COVID, have had friends who've had COVID, who have survived, makes people not appreciate or allows people to forget how dangerous it could be. Mm, like and the flu. It was. Like, like, like the flu, right? How dangerous it could be. And so one of the things about the vaccines that I think, I actually think would, are, is, not, is not focused on enough Really not. The vac- these vaccines, all three that are currently out, they are different, but all three that are currently out, Pfizer, Moderna, and, J- and Johnson & Johnson, all have the ability to decrease the risk of hospitalizations and death to almost nothing. Right. Right. So even if, even if Johnson & Johnson is not as good or not as not as not good is not the right word not as perfect in terms of reducing the risk of getting covid it too has the dramatic ability to decrease hospitalizations and deaths and i want you to know so, i had the j and j shot i was okay and i and i say this i was so fortunate to be able to right. literally just get on the website, realizing that I fell within the category of people who were eligible, which I didn't realize, mm-hmm. but understanding that I was eligible, immediately being able to get a uh, an appointment right. for five days later and going. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Going to the Javits right. Center in the middle of the night. That's when they do it. <laughs> like I'm a stalker in Manhattan. And 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 all of a sudden being in tr- and being enveloped right. by a sense of safety and calm by the people right. who are administering the vaccine, people who are making me healthier and and being able to honestly make the bracha after receiving the shot and yeah. then going into the car where my husband was waiting for me and bursting out in tears. Why? Not because I was in pain, but number one, the relief of being able to get the vaccine. And number two, and this is something that I think is a bigger conversation, is feeling guilty. I mean, I I literally am lying on your couch right now, Doc. Feeling guilty. (laughs) Oh, please come. (laughs) Come to my office. Feeling guilty as a parent for taking something for myself. Even though I know that kids are less susceptible, et cetera, I get it. I, I get that intellectually and cerebrally what I'm about to say makes no sense, but feeling guilty as a parent for taking something for myself that I want to give to my children first because I want my kids to be safe. So what do you say Me to the too. parent? Right, of course you do. So what do you say to the parent who doesn't want to vaccinate and doesn't want to give their kid the shot and says, I have an immune system. My kids have immune system. Tell me why I still need to get this. Because a couple of things about this. First of all, you know, again, again, speaking, let's talk about risk just for a minute. It's true. 
it is true that the most of the people, the overwhelming majority of people, 90-plus percent of people who get COVID will manage through and survive. But, but there is a small percentage that won't. And more equally as importantly, there are people that are vulnerable who are at risk that if, you don't, if you're not immune, if you don't get the vaccine, then you, then you have a tremendous risk of carrying the virus to someone else who is not as fortunate. You can't have herd immunity unless the herd is immune. Right. And you can't get the herd immune unless, every, unless as many people as can are eligible, are safe to get the vaccine, get it. It's the same thing as childhood illness. It's the same thing. You know, most people who have measles manage through measles, but some people had terrible effects right. and some people died of it. Right. But we, we vaccinate everybody, we hope. Right. <laughs> we hope everybody gets vaccinated to protect the vulnerable and to, and, and to protect you and your child, you and your children, from being the unfortunate small percentage that don't do okay and for which we can't necessarily predict. And so- we may know who's at a greater risk, but we don't, know, we don't have an absolute information about this. Always the outliers, always the 30-year-olds who had no medical issues for some reason ended up ended up on a ventilator right. with COVID and is still still struggling. Uh, and and it's, you're making an even more important point. Speaking to a parent, right? You look at the parent, the parent who doesn't want to vaccinate their child. They don't want to vaccinate themselves. And you look at them and say, but what would you, how would you feel if you passed right. along COVID to your child? How would you That's feel right. about that? What kind of a, a burden or responsibility do you have as a parent to make sure that your child is protected? How could you not be the barrier between you, between your child and COVID, as opposed to being the person who actually gives yourself COVID? How could you live with that? That's right. I mean, I, I li- and I, and I actually know, I actually know from, from, I have a relative who literally had that circumstance. Ugh. They did, right. And, Unfortunately, you know, an adult child, but a, but, a, but, a, but a young adult child who ended up exceptionally sick and is still struggling with, you know, what's called the long hauler. Right. The, the, the person that had COVID is still struggling with symptoms months later. So, you know, there's an unpredictability of this. It, to me, we have a bracha. Hashem gave us the, the ability to have this agent. And... It, I also truly believe that it is, it is the key to reentry. It is the key to begin to restore our lives in the way that they've been shut down. It, not, only, not only was there relief after getting the vaccine, but there was also a sense, there was a sense that we could, at liberty, there was a sense of relief. Right. That God willing, there will be, you know, spring is coming, Pesach is coming, the blossoms are out, and God willing, when pe- as people get more and more people get vaccinated, there will be an opportunity to return to our lives the way we know, see people, visit, have interactions. We are we are a social folk. Right. You know, we live in a community, and we can't restore that unless we're safe. And the vaccination is one way of be- of increasing our safety profile. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Dr. Hindi Mermelstein, who's an adult psychiatrist 
with a tremendous pedigree in terms of the fact that she knows what she is talking about. And she here, she is here today with us discussing the vaccine and representing JAMA. And again, I thank everyone at JAMA for partnering with us on vaccine education. You know, Doc, we can also be honest with each other. I mean, we have you know, five minutes left or so. We can be honest with each other that, that, that a year ago, a little over a year ago, we put a tremendous amount of trust in people that, that were supposed to know better people that were supposed to protect us, our, our right. elected officials, medicine, science, etc. And a year later, my, my sister-in-law, who is a phenomenal physician, says to me, a year later, we know nothing. And to me, that wasn't a depressing comment. To me, that was the most honest medical opinion that I have heard in a year, because we have to remember that doctors aren't perfect and science isn't perfect and, 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 and that there are still questions that we can't that we can't answer, but that we are moving towards I'm going to use this word, even though it's not the right word. We are moving towards perfection. We are moving towards an answer. And that the faith that we can have, that the information that we are giving now, right now during this interview, that the information we are giving is sound and good advice. I hope so. I believe so. I mean, look, so for example, and I'll, give, and I'll confirm this for you. For example, when, the, when Pfizer and Moderna did the studies of the vaccine, you know, vaccine studies, they did not, they excluded pregnant women. Right. Because you had to, they excluded any unusual category because they wanted to be able to sort of, you know, they exclude anyone that had particular unusual circumstances. So they excluded pregnant women. So there's a question about what happens with pregnant with, should pregnant women get the vaccine? It's a very, and again, you know, talk to your OB if you're pregnant. But what we do know is we do know that everybody, every, we know that pregnancy and COVID has a risk for premature delivery and, and less good outcome. We also know that all the pregnant women that were in, that are in one of the hospitals, not a single one of them who's COVID positive got the vaccine. We also know from studies post-vaccination, you know, uh, Pfizer, Moderna, and J&J are all, all have post-vaccination monitoring. You know, they, they collect data post-vaccine. And as far as we know, and as far as we know, as of today, there is no suggestion that getting the vaccine impacts the pregnancy, impacts the delivery. Mm. But we do know that not getting the vaccine and having COVID puts your baby and you at risk. Right. So the information is not complete. We have what we know, but we are we are gaining more and more. And God willing, we'll be able to understand both this virus and how it works, and we'll be able to use what we know to make it better in the future. Amen. I, I mean, that's the only way I can even express an, any any rational answer to to what you just said is to say, I mean, with God's help, everything we do is with Amen. God's help, right? And we just Amen. we just need we need to do our parts. We always talk about how the you know the the word hishtadlus, right? Doing right. your part. So this is us right. doing our part to keep all of us safe. Our immediately our immediate family members, ourselves, the people around us, and the greater. I mean, not to be dramatic, but the greater world. We all just want to get back. We want to be safe. I am. I implore people. I had a great experience with the vaccination i had my my entire you know experience at the javits center with the j and j shot was really just i mean for lack of a better word it was just from it was god sent 
I, I just felt that way. And and I am a layperson. I am begging people when the vaccine is 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 offered to you, if you are eligible now or you're becoming eligible, please do your part for all of us. Do your part for your family. Do your part yourself and do your part for all of us and get vaccinated. Dr. Mermelstein, I thank you so much for your time. And um, well, I wish you and your entire family a, I, I mean, we don't say a happy and a healthy Pesach. <laughs> no, 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 we do. But listen, may it really be the beginning. Pesach is Chagavim, the spring. May it really be the beginning of a new spring Amen. and a new Metroshem year that, that blossoms better and healthier for all of us. Amen. And, and, and may you also, Doc, may you continue to spread this good word because it's such an important message that needs to be heard. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. A full afternoon of programming continues right after the conclusion of this show. Of course, the live lunch starts in, I don't know, six minutes or so. That's pretty exciting. You'll hear all about the Rangers. All right. You'll hear about other things also. There will be a chocolate frog update for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. Definitely tune in to the live lunch. And of course, we have Throwback Thursday at 1 p.m. JM Rewind at 4 p.m. Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek starts at 7 p.m. Brought to you by our friends at Kedem tomorrow morning. Don't miss Nahum as he hosts JMAM as he does every single morning, 6 a.m., folks. Don't miss a moment of it. And, of course, the Erev Shabbos show. Sorry. <laughs> the we Then Naomi Nachman with Table for Two. And then an encore of the Erev Shabbos show starts right after Naomi. Brings us all up until candlelighting of Rami host Saturday Night Seagull this Motzei Shabbat. Starting at 9 p.m., Matis hosts JM Sunday, as he has been seamlessly, starting this Sunday at 7 a.m., and, folks, as Nahum has been talking about endlessly and for good reason and has gotten unbelievable response to, please, it takes two. It's your opportunity to do something nice, do something good, do something helpful for somebody before Pesach and encourage that person to do something as well. It can be, it can be on a small level. It can be on a big level. Do something. I, I can't tell you the responses that we've gotten from listeners so far, the, the anecdotes that we've received. It's inspiring. It takes two. It takes me. It takes you. It takes somebody else. Do something nice for somebody and encourage them to do something nice as well. Closing today with Morty Shapiro's new release, Vehi Sheemda. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Vehiche Oh